everyone. You're listening to Green and Gold, and I'm Haley Fox. If you're looking for a reliable podcast that talks about all things cannabis, you're in the right place. We often try to tackle the larger issues related to cannabis and its legalization. And this week, we're focusing on one particular aspect of the industry that has huge implications. This episode's all about weed delivery. Okay, so why talk about this now? Well, for one, because just last week, state officials legalized cannabis delivery throughout the state, basically stomping on local governments who tried to ban the practice. This means that even if your city or county wants to outlaw weed delivery within its jurisdiction, they really can't, and you're still within your legal rights to have cannabis brought to you at your home, in many ways just like you would a pizza or groceries. This decision is a big deal for quite a few reasons. For one, delivery services will no longer have to tiptoe around a confusing regulatory landmine of where they can deliver and where they can't. This also means that people who often rely on delivery, not just for convenience, but because they have some sort of condition or disease in which trekking to the dispensary is difficult, they won't have to worry about losing access to medicine. For those of you who've never dabbled in delivery, here's basically how it works. Depending on the company, you may or may not have to become a member to use the service. Once you're signed up, you can place an order online or over the phone for any products they carry, which typically include pretty much everything you could get at a dispensary, from flour to edibles, vape pens, pre-rolls, and everything else. Many services advertise delivery times of one hour or less, and while you can get door-to-door service at your home, you can't call in for weed from the park or the beach or most other public spaces. Delivery as a whole has been a portion of the industry ripe with controversy, as illegal operations continue to flourish throughout the state. Many garner business through word of mouth or post on Craigslist or social media, and can be extremely difficult for law enforcement to single out and crack down on. Even with the proliferation of all sorts of delivery, legal and not, you may have trouble getting what you want, depending on where you live and what you're looking for. My mom, Jackie Fox, has experienced these woes firsthand, and so we called her up to find out more about the limitations of delivery. Now, you know, I've been trying to get delivery, and I haven't been able to find any place that has the item I want that, will, that can deliver here. The product is, I mean, I can say it's um, Dosis Sleep Pen. Yeah, those those vape pens that are, like, they're, they're fancy-ish, but most places normally have them. So that's very... Yeah. Uh, I was able to find the delivery last time. They had, like, the 50-dose one. Mm-hmm. But it's way more expensive, and it really isn't 50 doses and doesn't last very long. What made you want to try and do delivery... In the first place, as opposed to, yeah, just making the commute somewhere. Was it just because it was far or it was easier? Or what about it did you like the idea of? Well, right before I think it changed, that it became legal, or, well, I mean, I was only using it for a little bit before then. The places I could get it kept changing around here, places kept opening and closing, and it just got difficult. And one day I was driving home from Irvine and I was thinking, oh, no, I don't have any, and I really wanted a good night's sleep. And I looked into, you had given me a name, and I called them. And while I was driving, um, I set up an account with them, placed the order, 
they arrived about 10 minutes after I got home. They sent me a tracker so I could see exactly where the delivery truck was. And this very nice man arrived about 10 minutes after we got home. I handed him the cash. He handed me the pen. It was done. It was unbelievably easy. Uh-huh. <laughs> But they they then stopped delivery, whatever the company was. I remember because I tried to go through them. I think they were trying to relicense mm-hmm. or get relicensed or something, and were having difficulty, um, although they expected to. And then I called them again a couple months later, and they still weren't up and running. So. So what do you do now? I forget. Did you have to go to? So you went to MedMen. I last go time? to MedMen, which I really I don't like. I don't like the idea of going to sort of a corporate cannabis store i just i don't i don't like it um now there's we i pay a lot more in terms of tax mm-hmm. and um so it ends up being very expensive and i just it's you know it's a 20 minute drive it seems kind of silly there were several places within five to ten minutes before yeah i mean i found delivery services that have them but that won't deliver here that's so, so weird I know it is weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, if you find one, I would love it. It was I loved that other service. It was great. All right, that was my always up for anything delight of a mom, Jackie. Now to find out more about how delivery works in LA and the challenges of going legit, we turn to Bobby, co-founder and CEO of Herb, a delivery business that services LA from Santa Monica to downtown and beyond. Although, as we know, weed is now legalized in California. Bobby sticks to sharing only his first name to remain as low profile as possible. When I was college age, uh, I had a roommate introduce me to the plant, and my first time using it, I had uh, a real epiphany. I literally heard an orchestra playing in my ears. Oh, wow. Uh, not, not metaphorical. That was very literal. And, um, and I was just, you know, everything that I had heard or thought about the plant was really flipped on its head. Um, since then, I've, I've had so many experiences with people where cannabis has changed their life dramatically, in particular people with terminal illness. So pretty much from the point where I started using the plant, I, I, I began uh, getting involved in the commercial activity behind it. I've grown for many years, um, distributed, I've manufactured, I've run storefronts. And, um, and years ago, Herb really started as a side project where I noticed a hole in the market and, and realized that it needed to be filled. And the economy in general was trending towards the, uh, the on-demand delivery of goods and services, and the cannabis industry would be no different. And um, so from that point, I started building out the, the technology necessary to really facilitate this kind of uh, business. And, um, and, and here we are. You know, Now we provide on-demand delivery uh, within 30 minutes for free citywide. You know, from the beach to the t- to the five, from the hills to the ten. For anyone who's not local with Los Angeles, that would be a very confusing statement. <laughs> <But> <laughs> yes, that's a very large swath of the city. That's what I was going to ask you next. Then, you know, to promise that thirty-minute window and covering such a huge area. How do you guys do that? Is it a matter of working with multiple shops and drivers? Like how how logistically how does that work? That that's exactly how it has to work. Uh, you know, if you think about any business that delivers quickly um, across a large geographical space, you need multiple fulfillment hubs. You know, when you think about uh, you know the the amount of little tiny movements that we have to make, and they all need to be 
coordinated with one another uh, with perfect timing in order to get that person their order within 30 minutes. There's a lot of, of little logistical movements that have to go right. So we've developed partnerships with multiple stores around the city, and, um, and we are stationed within those stores. Everything's done legally. So um, when, when someone calls us in West L.A., we don't drive it from downtown. We drive it from our West L.A. dispensary partner. And to explain the, the thing beyond the partners a little bit, the reason why we have to have partners is because standalone delivery licensure is not yet available in the city of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, the, these licenses have been promised uh, to be available by the government for, for quite some time. We've spent many thousands of dollars and countless hours in City Hall uh, lobbying our, our officials. Uh, my hope is that in the next few months they'll start accepting applications, but it's not actually yet legal for me to uh, to have my own license, at least in the city of Los Angeles. You know, I know people use delivery, obviously, for a variety of reasons. But could you talk a little bit about kind of your customer base? Um, You know, any either demographics you might be able to share or a little bit about who's using it or why they're using it? Yeah, sure. It's it's actually a really, really wide and diverse demographic, um, you know, from actors to doctors, from college kids to seniors. Um, men and women are equally represented among our customer base, which is really rather unique uh, if, if you've ever seen the, the demographics of a typical storefront where, you know, 70% of the clientele is, is 25-year-old males. You know, we're, we're rather different, and I think that it's because we provide that that level of comfort for someone to be in their house and to receive the delivery. You know, you don't have to go into a sketchy dispensary environment. Dispensaries have improved quite a bit over, over the past couple of years, but more often than not, it's it's a less than welcoming feel still. So, so you know, women in particular, I, I think, feel comfortable using us and you know, we work really hard to to build the trust on our website between us and the consumer. So letting folks know exactly what they're going to get before they get it, providing lab tests, really detailed product descriptions, high definition photos, all of those things are really important to to curating that experience. You know, especially over the last year or two, as these uh, local and state rules and regulations have taken place, a lot of cannabis operators have talked about how difficult it is just kind of to keep up um, with some of these things. And I'm curious for you um, what the biggest challenges are to running a delivery service in L.A. in general. From a purely business perspective, logistics and human resources are probably the most difficult things. Mm -hmm. Getting reliable people to be involved in this industry is somewhat of a challenge. And then I've already mentioned the the logistics and the difficulty of that last mile, Mm -hmm. all all the small little movements that need to be done in in a timely and like a perfectly orchestrated manner for everything to go smoothly. But moreover, looking at the bigger picture, dealing with the regulations is is really tough. They're rather burdensome and, and costly to follow. One example is is the need to have a lockable cage within the driver's vehicle where the orders must remain until they're delivered oh, wow. as if a trunk isn't safe enough or, you know, there's no criminal activity that I've ever experienced in my in my years in this business that justifies that sort of law. But there's always another side to things. In order for us to pass this law and to get delivery allowed on the state level, we had to to bargain and, and to negotiate with the folks who didn't want it to be. For instance, uh, the League of Cities or the Association of Police Chiefs, 
these groups of people are, are really concerned about public safety and they have no experience dealing with commercial cannabis activity. So that's just kind of one, one aspect of, of the laws that, that make it rather challenging to comply. There really is no such thing as a small business getting into cannabis these days. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're getting a delivery license, if you don't have a quarter million dollars liquid able to spend on application fees, legal fees, real estate, the real estate that you need to acquire and have in your possession months in advance of even applying for the license, and then you need to keep paying for it while the license is being processed and given to you, you might be paying for real estate for a year before you even get to use it. Think about how that bill racks up. The employees, the workers' comp, all of these things are just are, are rather costly and over and above what, what a normal industry or, or business would have to, to really consider. I'm curious, especially in terms of drivers, you know, who are alone with the locked box full of product. Um, <laughs> is there like a type of screening process, like a Uber or Lyft or how, you know, how do you go about vetting people that you trust to do this? Yeah, absolutely. There's a, definitely a, a multiple layer screening process um, from phone interviews to running background checks to the in-person inter- interviews. Um, you know, everything is very carefully coordinated to ensure that we get only the, the highest quality person delivering cannabis products to our customer's house because we understand that that's a, that's a sacred thing. You know, I've heard from um, multiple people who own delivery businesses or just in the industry at large that illegal delivery operations are still a huge issue. Do you see illegal delivery as detracting from your business? Do you think it's becoming less of a problem since legalization? How does that part of the competition play in at all to what to what you're doing? Yeah, it plays a big part. It plays a very big part. You know, anyone who is who has been who's in the commercial cannabis industry, pretty much anyone, at some point did something that was a little bit gray area. Mm-hmm. Almost nobody started perfectly clean. You know, the important thing is is doing ethical business and always trying to do things legally. But, you know, to, to get more directly to your question, illegal delivery is a big problem for us, as is illegal storefronts. And, and that, that is something that, especially among the big political organizations like the UCBA, for instance, you hear them trumpeting illegal delivery all the time. But I never hear anyone say the illegal storefronts are taking our business. And that's a huge issue. I, I work, I'm sitting downtown right now and two blocks away from where I am, uh, an illegal storefront just popped up mm. literally two days ago. I'm, I'm talking five blocks from City Hall, four blocks from LAPD headquarters, an illegal store just opened up, plain day, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it's people are still out there taking risk because uh, there, there's very little enforcement happening above, above and beyond what has always happened. And, yeah, it, it, it makes it difficult because these, these folks are, they're not forced to comply with any of the regulations that we are. They're certainly not testing their medicine and providing a safe product for their customer, which is really number one thing in my mind as a customer. And that's why I started this. I started, I got into the cannabis industry to, to scratch my own itch. I love the plant. I'm an enthusiast and it just made sense. So I've always looked at it from that perspective when I'm stocking products or when I'm creating policies that will affect my customers 
the question is always, what would you want as a consumer? And, um, and, and, and the testing is, is one of those things that's way up there. So I think that's an issue. And, um, and on top of that, they don't have to comply with any of the onerous regulations. They're not paying tax. It's taking away from the legal cannabis sales in the state. And it's making, it's making it harder for everyone to do business. If you look at the state's numbers, it's created a disappointing first year in terms of, um, in terms of taxes collected. We decided to kind of revisit um, delivery as a whole after the uh, announcement, you know, from state officials last week about legalizing delivery statewide. So I'm curious kind of what your reaction is to that and if that impacts any sort of your future business plans at all. I've got a lot of thoughts about it. I was a big supporter of that. I think that the state of California and and the, the citizens voted for cannabis to be legal, and I don't think that locality should be able to to ban it. And um, so I, I was I was glad to see that that was affirmed. Uh, I was opposed by many powerful groups, and um, and it essentially nullifies the locality's ability to to ban cannabis sales by allowing delivery companies like mine to deliver within that city, even if the city doesn't allow for cannabis sales. And I think the the, the folks that are ordering from inside those little pockets of of the city um, or pockets of the state are are happy about it. So. I'm glad to see that that was reaffirmed in the final regulations. Well, and I'm curious then, I would assume for people within those areas, let's say, not all of them, but some of them, if they're going to ban delivery, uh, might also be some of those places trying to ban a lot of other aspects of cannabis operations. So for many people, this could be one of their only real uh, access points, I guess, to cannabis. Do you do you feel like that's yeah, the case? Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you. I think as, as residents of, of the major metropolitan areas of, of California, if, if you're in one of those pockets like we are in Los Angeles, you forget that a lot of the state is super rural mm-hmm. and you don't have access. If, you're, if your county like San Bernardino uh, has decided to, to ban it, um, what do you do? You got you to drive 50 miles to have access. And I think that at this point, um, the, the voters in the state of California have made it very, very clear that everyone in California should have access, easy and safe access. For you then, like you said, since this means, you know, basically no individual jurisdiction can say, no, you're not allowed to deliver here. Would you consider expanding your coverage area? Is that something you're thinking about? Um, kind of, you know, how does this impact your future, I guess, plans for HERB? It definitely means that I can cover the entire city without blocking out certain zip codes. And, um, mm-hmm. and I think that the average cannabis consumer will be happy about that. Um, and, and certainly I am. Uh, but uh, no, no specific plans right now to, to deliver into any banned areas. Um, you know, I'm more focused on quality and, and doing a really excellent job than I am on getting, getting large. Why do you think it's important to preserve and expand delivery options for people? Like what, you know, what segments of the population do you feel really, really need this access and how is it helpful to them? Well, I think delivery is important because people should be able to get what they want, how they want, as long as it's not going to hurt anybody else without the government stepping in and telling them not to. And not only do I believe that about cannabis and delivery, but I believe that about everything. It's, it's a civil liberty. You should be able to, to access uh, a plant that has been grown naturally 
uh, without someone telling you that someone can't drive it to you. In addition, there are many people out there, think seniors, disabled folks, et cetera, who can't get to a dispensary. They need access to the plant as well. What happens when, they, when they're not able to call, call me up and, and request a delivery? You know, mm-hmm. it's, it just creates a situation where there's a lot of inequality. So uh, I, I think that that's why delivery is important. You, you, you need to allow everyone to have equal access to it. And, and it's very easy as someone who's not disabled or not a senior citizen to forget that. And, and you know, we, we've got to make sure that we're listening to the voices of everybody out there that needs access to this plant and act accordingly. All right, that was Bobby from Herb, and this is Green and Gold. Thank you so much for listening, and please head to iTunes and subscribe to us or leave us a review. You can reach out to me on Twitter at EPFox or on Instagram at Penny underscore Gadget. Also, don't forget that the only reason we're even here is because of Table Cakes Productions. Table Cakes is a woman-owned, LA-based company that puts out some of the finest and weirdest podcasts to ever grace your ears. You can support us by going to patreon.com backslash tablecakes. All right, until next week, buds.